Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this Netflix and Dill episode, we are discussing Zoya Akhtar and Rima Kogti's recent Amazon Prime series, Made in Heaven. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt, we're back with another Netflix and Dill. Yep. With an exciting series to discuss. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it is. <laughs> this is a new series, as we mentioned, from Zoya Akhtar and Rima Kagti. What a year Zoya Akhtar is having, and it's only March. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty impressive. She's already had one of the best films in theaters, uh, and, you know, one of the best films, not just of this year, but of last year as well. What is it with these Hindi film types? Uh, last year we had... Uh, uh, Matwane and uh, yeah. Cash App. Cash App does two movies and Sacred Games. Matwane does uh, Bavesh Joshi and Sacred Games. Yeah. And now we've got this too. Like, they're unstoppable. Well, and Rima Kakti just had gold come out as well. Yeah. Uh, which I wasn't, like, crazy about, but it's... It's a, it's a solid film. Still, it's hard to do a movie and a TV show in the same year. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's impressive. Uh, but before we get to that, I want to quickly discuss something very important, Matt. Uh, is it uh, Karen Johar related? <laughs> uh, tangentially? I guess tangentially. I mean, when you're talking about Bollywood, everything is tangentially related to Karen Johar. He's the spider at the middle of the web. The uh, Film for Awards have been handed out. Now, we, I, I put a, an asterisk, a caveat on this. You know, we're, we're well aware that, you know, the Film for Awards are, uh, that many people consider them a joke. They're handed out by a, um, by a magazine. Yeah, by a, by a Film Fair magazine, by right? By Film Fair magazine, yeah. Yeah. So, by, by, by the press. Mm-hmm. So, it's probably best to compare them more to the Golden Globes than to the Oscars, but they are kind of like the Oscars of Bollywood. Mm-hmm. I love awards and award ceremonies, and so I I get excited to, to discuss these things. Who is and, best dressed? Oh, I, Ali Abad. Yeah, but, she, she looked good. That dress was gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, unlike the Oscars, which has like a long period of campaigning between the nominations and the awards being handed out, and most some other might say too long, ceremony, actually. Yeah. Uh, the nominations were announced on the twelfth, and the winners were announced on the on the twenty third. So there's That's, really not a lot of time. In that is nice and efficient. I like that. Yeah. So, uh, ready to ready to hear some of these winners? Sure. Let's see if I agree. Should we should we start with the big ones or the small ones? Any way you like. Well, let, let's start with the big one. Rosie won best film. It's a good movie. Yeah. I don't. I think I would have probably given it to Mukabaz or um, and Marzian, mm-hmm. but it was it was very good. Yeah. Uh, it was up against Andadun, Bad Hai Ho, Padmavat, Sanju, and Stri. Andadun and uh, um, Bad Hai, actually Andadun, Bad Hai Ho, and. Uh, what was the other one? Padmavat. Padmavat, yeah. Actually, I, I thought all five of those were excellent, yeah. actually. This is a great lineup with the exception of Sanju. Yeah, all five <laughs> of them were great. Sanju, what, was that on the list? Meghna Gulzar also went on to win Best Director for Razi. Okay. Uh, she beat out uh, Stri, Bad Hai Ho, Sanju, Padmavat, and Andadun again. <laughs> you know, I think I might have given that one to... Uh, hmm... I might have given that one to Anda Dune just because... To Sri Ram Raghavan? Sri Ram Raghavan yeah. because of that scene where um, the body is getting taken care mm-hmm. 
right at the beginning. It's just really, really well done. Good use of perspective from uh, the person in the room mm-hmm. who's not watching. No, yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Though I think, uh, I mean, between Razi and Talvar, Magna Gilzor, like has proven herself to be one of the most confident directors uh, working in Bollywood. Yeah, those are both fantastic yeah. films. Uh, best actress went to Ali Abad for Razi. On um, yeah. <laughs> She beat was Tabu out for it? She was, yes. Yeah. She Ooh. beat out uh, Topeka Patagon for Padmavat, Nina Gupta for Bad Hai Ho, Rani Mukherjee for Hitchki, and Tabu for Anda Dune. Nina Gupta's the mom? Uh, or the grand... Yes, yes, the mother. Yeah, she was good. Yes. Oh, yes, no, the, the grandmother will come up later. Uh, and then, so kind of moving away from Razi, but that's like, that's a... That's a great showing for Razi yeah. to win three of kind of the the top tier awards. Uh, this is a, this is a bit disappointing. Ranveer Kapoor won for Sanju. I'll give him this much. You know, I didn't really like the movie that much, but he did a good job as the character. Yeah, yeah. I think but... he's hampered by the fact that he has to play a a person in a polemic. He's He's actively telling the audience what to think about this situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not uh, my preferred mode of storytelling. You, you know, it's not mm-hmm. exactly Frank Capra. But, uh, you know, he did a good job of emulating um, Sanjay Dutt. I think it's a bit disappointing because he beat out Ramveer Singh for Padma Bhatt, Ayushma Karana for Andadun, and Rajkumar for, for Stree, along with Akshay Kumar for Padman and Shah Rukh Khan for Zero. Akshay Kumar was great in Padman. He was the he best is. part, yeah. He is, but Ranveer Singh, Aishman Karana, and Rajkumar Rao, I think those were those were incredible performances. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I mean, believe Ranveer Kapoor already has, I, if I'm not mistaken, two Filmfare Awards. If I had to actor, guess, I don't think probably Rajkumar Rao maybe is the only one who doesn't have one of that set of guys. I don't think Ranveer Singh has one. Well, not a best actor. Yeah. Not, same with Ayushman Karana. Ayushman Karana, okay, yeah, he, maybe he doesn't have one. And he was also fantastic. He had to pretend to be blind. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ranveer Singh has one for best male debut, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't believe he has a best actor. Oh, I think he actually he does have a best actor for Bajra Mastani. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was great in that. I, I think... He does go a little broad in Padmavat, but I also really like that. Mm-hmm. He's got range in that he's willing to go for it. Mm-hmm. And some people are... Other actors are a bit more subdued in their approach. I don't see Ayushman Karana going as big as uh, Ranveer Singh in that, for mm-hmm. instance. So, yeah. That's too bad, though. I mean, again, all those guys were great. Yeah. I Well, except for Shah Rukh Khan and Zero. <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't see that one. Um, hey, he had to shrink himself down. That's amazing feat of acting. Moving on to the he second. acted so hard, his literal body changed size. I don't know how much more you want out of the guy. Moving on to the supporting categories, Surika Sikri won for Bad Hai Ho. She plays the grandmother in Bad Hai Ho. She was good. Yeah, she's she's great. Everyone likes a kind of ball busting grandma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She beat out. Um, Gitanjali Rao mm-hmm. for October, Katrina Kaif for Zero, which that was a great performance. I'm not crazy about that film, and um, kind of you know looking at this list, I wouldn't have given the award to her, but that is a great performance in what was a rather weak film. Shika Talsania in Virdi Wedding. She's the bigger girl, right? 
Yes. Yeah. Yes. The the one who lives in the U.S. Yeah, she was good. Suarez. You could tell she lived in the U.S. because I think you could see the Brooklyn Bridge out of her, <laughs> her out of her window and an American flag. And she had a white husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all classic indicators of living in the U.S. Uh, Suara Bascar for Verdi Wedding. No, and... she was. I, I would say Suara Bascar is probably my favorite one in Verdi Wedding. Oh, really? I would go Karina Kapoor or um, Shika Tazanian. Hmm. Suara Bascar is kind of like, um, uh, what's her name from SNL in The Ghostbusters? Kate McKinnon? Yeah, she's like the Kate McKinnon of that ensemble. Yeah. The one who gets to go, you know, as over the top and is more memorable, whereas mm-hmm. the other one's. Karina Kapoor has some pretty good I'm tired of this wedding bullshit stuff. I too. think that's a great performance from yeah. Karina Kapoor. Uh, and then lastly, uh, Yamini Das from Siudaga. Best supporting actor too. was a tie. That's cool. That is cool. It went to Vicky Koshal for Sandrew. Uh, I love Vicky Koshal. That's not, not the performance I would have awarded him for, but that's fine. Did it? Did they check to see if it went to his sweater or not? <laughs> or the wig. Or the wig, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and he shared he that... He was better in Rosie. Yes, he was. I would I would have given it to him for Rosie over yeah. Sandrew, personally. Uh, and then he shared it with... Or I guess he won it alongside... Um, Gajraj Rao for Bad I Ho. He is the dad of He's Bad the dad. I Ho. The dad is great. He has posted some some really cute photos with his award on Twitter. And that's like that's one of the things that makes me love awards. I understand many people think they're a joke, that they're fixed, people buy their awards, that they don't count for anything, but but seeing him, you know, post photos you know, with his award on Twitter, that he's so happy to have won it, yeah. and he's so deserving. A guy like that, that makes you know, he's so going to get more jobs out of that award. Ranbir Kapoor does not need more jobs. Vicky Kushal doesn't need more jobs. That guy, you know, he's awesome, and yeah. hopefully we'll get some more work out of it. Yeah, that's a Gajraj Rao. Uh, and they beat out Aparshakti Karana oh, for Stree. That's Ayushman's uh, brother. Yeah, he was pretty good. Uh, Jim Saab, who we're going to be talking a lot about in this episode in Padmavat, uh, Manoj Pawa in Mulk, and Pankaj Tripathi in Stree. But I think Pankaj Tripathi was my favorite supporting guy in Stree, especially because he didn't, if I remember right, he didn't actually say the third rule of not getting killed by the Stree because it kept getting uh, <laughs> cut off, right? Uh, best female debut. I would like to see a movie about Pankaj Tripathi being like kind of an absent-minded professor. Yeah? Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, best female debut went to Sarah Ali Khan for Kedarnath. Sure, didn't see it. Uh, she's she's great. I I think I think she could uh, she could have a very long career. I think she's she's got that spark on screen. Let me see in a movie. She's got that her mom's jeans. Let me see in a movie that isn't like completely designed to debut her first. I mean, she's done two already. Sure, she's the girl in Simba, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, and then best male debut went to Ishan Qatar for Beyond the Clouds. Uh, I didn't dislike Beyond the Clouds as much as others. And, and that's considered his that's debut deserving. and not uh, Syrat? Ye, uh, the doc. Mm, the doc, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, because Beyond the Clouds came out before. Fair enough. The uh, so the uh, Critics Awards, because this is one thing I love about the Film Fire Awards, there's popular awards and Critics Award mm-hmm. Awards. So the Critics Award for Best Film went to Anda Dune. Cool. Uh, it beat out Bad Hai Ho, Manto, Pataka, Razi, and Tambad. Mm-hmm. Uh, we best... still got to see Tambad. If you're waiting on that one, we will watch it in October, yes. I think. Best now act... that we have access to it. Mm-hmm. 
Best Actress went to Nina Gupta from Bad Hi Ho, so she lost the other Best Actress award, but she won the Best Actress Critics. Do you think they kind of split them this way? I don't know. Like, there is... You've got two shot, two hand, two shots of winning, and you might not win the more prestigious one, but if you get the critics, you, you know, you've got that on your or side too. Or is the critics the more prestigious one? I don't know. Is it more yeah. prestigious to win the popular one or the critics one? Hmm. I'm not too sure. Uh, she beat out Ali Abbott and Razi, uh, Anushka Sharma and Siu Daga, Radhika Madan and Pataka, Topsy Pano and Mulk, and Tabu and Andadun. Uh Finally, what's with all this Tabu new um, erasure? <laughs> she was awesome. She was. Fantastic and attitude, I agree. Yeah, I, she should have won one of those categories. Yeah. Uh, best actor critics was also a tie. Okay. <laughs> no one can agree on who was the best actor this year or last year. Uh, Ayushman Karano won for Andadun, as well as Ranbir Singh for Padmavat. They beat out Nawazuddin Siddiqui for Manto, Ranbir Kapoor for Sanjo, Varunda won for October, and Vineet Kumar Singh for Mukabaz. It kind of sounds like, oh, good. He was good. Uh, it kind of sounds like our tastes are more in line with the critics, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense. I, I find that's that's typically how things go. Uh, there's obviously awards for best story, screenplay, editing, cinematography, sound. Any 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 anything you want to hear? No, nah, I'm good. You can look them, look them up online yeah. once you hear this if you're interested. So I'm, I'm sure most of our audience probably already knows all this. The big winners were Razi and Andadun. They both took away five. Bad Hi Ho and Padma Bat each took away four. Tambad got three and Sanju two. Uh, Padma Bat was the most nominated, however, with 18, followed by Razi with 15. And, and that's between five. critic and non critic? Uh, yeah, that's the total. Yeah, okay. That's the sum. Yeah, so, I mean, Bonsali has been running the table with awards lately, so <laughs> pulling back a little bit, I think it's fine. It's great to see a film like Razi, you know, a movie directed by a woman about a young woman, uh, about an interesting point in history, it, it, but not kind of falling into a lot of the trappings of, you know, quote-unquote historical biopics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great to see a film like that receive um, such strong recognition. And Padmavat's the... Bonsali of late that had the most mixed reaction. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was beautiful, but I can totally understand why people didn't like the mm-hmm. ending, especially. Mm-hmm. I do want to call out one one award that I kind of skipped over. Uh, best screenplay went to Srimad Raghavan for Andadun, along nice. with his co-writers. It's a great screenplay. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, lots of twists. Well deserving. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking looking at at the list in all these films. Well. Kind of last year... Malk, we, Malk, I didn't get a chance to catch. That's the one that seems to have picked up a little bit more heat. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about Malk. Uh, but I just can't stop thinking of that Simpsons joke where instead of milk, they have Malk <laughs> with extra vitamin K. Right. I'm sure, you know, <laughs> I'm sure there's something I'm missing from that title, but like, uh, oh well. Yeah, I mean, I remember kind of feeling at the end of last year, like, you know, we did our wrap-up episode. It kind of... The year kind of felt like it fizzled out with with stuff like Thugs of Hindustan, and which we liked, yeah. But it didn't kind of do that well, and it wasn't very popular with people. Uh, and Zero and Simba, which I didn't really care for. It, it kind of felt I don't know the the year didn't feel it's anticlimactic. Yeah, exactly. But mm-hmm. kind of looking back at at these list of films and and there was good stuff. It was just earlier on great stuff last year. All right, but. Out with the old. Mm-hmm. That was our um, film fair 
2019 wrap up there's the hot the films of 2018 there's the hot takes you asked for but now yeah. here's our take on this show it's good yes let's talk about made in heaven uh to say that i was uh eagerly anticipating this might be a bit of a understatement i mean zoya actor is probably one of your top five female directors currently working one of my top not, five directors if not number one for women Oh, well, I mean, I do love Kelly Reichardt and Andrew Arnold. But, but yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, she's one of my favorite directors working anywhere in the world right now. I adore her stuff. And when I found out that she was kind of working on a Amazon Prime show, I was like, that's it. That's, that's going to be the reason that we get Amazon Prime. And so yeah. when we did get not, Amazon not Prime... Near, not your support, funnily enough. No, but when we finally did uh, get Amazon Prime, I said, well, we, we're going to need it for when... Uh, Made in Heaven comes out because mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to want to watch it and it it really didn't disappoint yeah. when I finally because I I was aware of this project in the works for a long time but when I finally found out what the plot was what the premise was I was a little I would say skeptical but I was wondering what the tone was going to be what it was going to be like uh, because it wasn't necessarily what I was expecting and it sounds a lot like and Bajra Bharat, one mm-hmm. of our favorite Bollywood films. Uh, and so I guess I'm, I'm bearing the lead here. It's about wedding planners in Delhi. Why don't you set up Made in Heaven for us, Matt? Okay. So the show stars Arjun Mathur, Sabita Dulipala, Kelki Koklan, Jim Sarb, Shashank Arora, and Shivani Raghavanshi. Uh, it was nine episodes, came out on March 8th, 2019, and I think we were done within a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we burned through it. Anyone would also like me to remind you that it was written by Zoya Agtar, um, Rima Kakti, and Alankrita Srivastava, and a lot of those names were also in the director's chair, mm-hmm. include, and as well as uh, Nitya Mehra and Prashant Nair. Mm-hmm. So uh, the story is about the titular uh, wedding planning company, Made in Heaven. So each episode is ostensibly about a different wedding that Made in Heaven works on, mm-hmm. um, and the descriptions on Amazon Prime for each episode are who's getting married this time, mm-hmm. a little bit of lead up as to who they are. But it's really about the personal lives of our main two uh, protagonists, who are uh, Karen Mera, played by Arjun Mathur, and uh, Tara Khanna, played by Sobita Dulipala. Um, so... Uh, Karen is a gay man in India, mm-hmm. and this is before decriminalization, mm-hmm. so his personal life is a bit more dramatic, I think, than he would like, yes, to put it mildly. For sure. Um, he's, and he's, he's somewhat closeted. You know, he hasn't told his family. He's out to his co-workers. His brother knows. Brother knows. But... And a uh, subplot of the show is that his, um, his landlord finds out, mm-hmm. and... Some pretty shady stuff happens on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he's a single guy. He meets other men and has romantic affairs with them. Basically, one night stands, really. Exactly. He can't connect with a... Re- he can't sustain a real relationship. Yeah, and we if find... someone wants to get to know him further, he, he pushes them he, Yeah, he's not, he's not interested. Um, we do get some flashbacks to him being in high school and, you know, facing even more discrimination and essentially having to become a bully himself in order to survive. Yeah. And and kind of realizing his own sexuality. Yeah. So Karen uh, used to be a DJ 
and owned his own club. I think it was called Vinyl House Mm -hmm. for a little while. Uh, One of his friends from the States wants to watch Vinyl House videos, so they (laughs) think back to when they... Well, when Karen owned the club, but the club went under, and he is <laughs> in another dramatic part of his life. He's deep in debt to the mob, and Especially to a loan shark, to a loan Yeah, VJ Roz. He's you know coming off a of Gully Boy with another great role. Uh, he's one of my favorite side <laughs> characters, that guy. Um, but yeah, he's he's stressed from within and from without, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, Terracotta, on the other hand, has married into obscene wealth. Mm-hmm. She's married Jim Sarb, Otto Kana, who is a rich industrialist. Mm-hmm. He runs Kana Steel. Yeah. And in her flashbacks, because this show is definitely not sequential, there's lots of flashbacks to other things that happened before. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you see kind of effects of things in the past and how they reflect on now. Yeah, and you... and it. Yeah, and as the flashbacks come in throughout the the season, you kind of put put things together. Yeah, so uh, we are we're, we can put together. I mean, this is maybe a mild spoiler, but Tara used to work for uh, Adil as like a secretary or something. That's revealed in the first episode. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. It is, but like she, <clears throat> he was with another woman. I think they were engaged, yeah. and she have essentially kind of insinuates herself into his life. Yes. She yeah. goes to like finishing school basically because she's definitely not from a wealthy family. She grew up in a really, uh, you know, rough part of town in Delhi. That's where the mm-hmm. show takes place, and she really tried to better herself to attract his attention. She's married up. Yeah, she's definitely married up. Um, but uh, Sarb, I mean, and she's married to Jim Sarb. She's married to Jim Sarb, and. You know, as they say, once a cheater, always a cheater, possibly. And he's potentially got some other women on the side, too. I I always got the sense from him on this show that he honestly just loves women. And he knows that it's wrong to cheat, but he also just is in love with every girl he meets. Yeah, I think all of the characters here, for the most part, I think, are really fleshed out and kind of have some surprising dimension. Probably with the exception of Kalki Coquelin. Yeah, she's... As much as I like Kalki Coquelin, she's probably the weakest link of the show. Yes. Just because her character is one she's played before. Um, mm. Similar character in Gully Boy. Uh, just kind of the woman who exists to kind of make the main woman mad. <laughs> a dilettante? Yeah. She's a bit of a dilettante. Yeah, she's, she's another rich person who... Quite frankly, Jim Sarr probably should have married. Like yeah. they have much more in common, really. She's uh, she's Terracana's best friend. She's left her husband because he beat her, and she's just kind of painting, spending money, jelly, smoking spending cigarettes. Money. Yeah. Uh, but going back to to, to Jim Sarr's Adil Kana, I think this is a character who easily could have been uh, painted as kind of like one note. One note. He's kind mm-hmm. of like a rich, self-entitled playboy who doesn't care about his wife's feelings. But it's it's not that at all. He's a surprisingly layered character. Mm-hmm. And... I honestly kind of felt sorry for him. I do, too. I feel that so he got sorry into, for him. That he got into this show. situation and he just can't, like, understand why Tara can't understand, like, him. Yeah, and, and I think... Not that cheating is a good thing to do, but, like... It doesn't seem like he can help it. And she knew what she was getting into because that's how she met him. Yeah, I think that the show really understands... Not to slut shame anybody, but yeah. The show really understands the way that 
Um, his class has kind of, to a certain extent, infantilized him and undermined him, where he's just like, he doesn't understand uh, how hard other people have to work. He doesn't mm -hmm. understand um, just kind of what, what people go through. And he, to a certain extent, takes everything for granted. But it's not entirely his fault. Tara has had to change her entire life to even just be in the same room as this guy. Yeah. And he's completely oblivious. I don't think he knows that she's poor. Mm. If if he's met her family... No, he knows that she's, like, not, like... I don't think he, he knows. knows just how poor they were, though. I don't think he's ever been to his in-law's house, for instance. Potentially. And, he, I mean, he is trying to better his in-law's life by kind of getting them a, a new place to live. and. Yeah, but it's almost just for appearances' sake. I don't think he would even consider thinking about them. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah... Yeah. I, I don't think that's much of a spoiler, but no. he, he's, so, he's an interesting character. More and like this is a very soapy show. Yes, but it's not using kind of tropes of soap opera. Like <gasps> he's cheating on her. It's more like, well, I mean, he's cheating on her, but what happens next? Yeah, and that's and that is revealed in the trailer. <laughs> so, because I was wondering how far we could go with, with mentioning that, yeah, he, it does turn out that he is cheating on her, but it's, it's brought up in the trailer. So, mm -hmm. uh, so we're clear on that front. But, and it, it's revealed very early on in the show. Yeah. Yeah. So I think this show is so smart because it's structured in a way that kind of each wedding brings about kind of different social issues that are going on in India. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, you have women who are being uh, kind of... Uh, forced into getting married quite a few times. Yeah, you have some women being forced into marriage. You have um, kind of highly educated women who are kind of forced to jump through hoops because of their horoscopes and, yeah. you know, their... Their uh, in-laws, family, kind of. It's the marry the tree thing. Someone yeah. marries a tree. <laughs> uh, you have uh, characters who are gay but going through a marriage, you know, just because yeah. that's what society expects of them. There's the guy uh, who have... has a game show to find a wife. Yes. I think that was probably my favorite one. Although the, the second episode, too, where the uh, Joginder Sethi, whose parents run a big hotel... And his uh, fiance accidentally sleeps with a big Bollywood star. That, that's a pretty good one. I, he, he never knows that, but uh, that was that was a funny one. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then you kind of you have uh, dowry issues. Like it's it kind of makes getting married look horrible. There's and very transactional. There's only the one couple. They're older after their uh, spouses have died who get married. That's literally the only couple in the show that I think. Oh, they're doing this for the right reason. They like each other. No, I would say there is also the uh, Chaiwala's daughter. Right, yeah. So, uh, yeah, an employee of the uh, company, yeah. his daughter gets married. And that, that's, that's just very nice. It's a nice thing that happens. Yeah, but and they of the main weddings that they, that they work on, it's really only that one that I think is what we would consider a love marriage, basically. Yeah, and they, and they contrast that, that wedding with the Chaiwala's daughter with this large political wedding yeah. um, that has kind of a lot of dark undertones. Yeah. So it looks it it feels like you get a pretty good cross section of all kinds of different cultures in India. You get to see at least three or four different styles of marriage ceremony, mm -hmm. which is really interesting. Um 
You also get a bit of class consciousness in the two other people who work at Maiden Heaven. So the other two people, the two main people who work at Maiden Heaven mm-hmm. are uh, Kabir Basrai, played by Shashank Arora from uh, Titli and uh, Brahman Naman, mm-hmm. a few other things. And Lipstick Under My Burka. Lipstick Under My Burka, yeah. Which was also written and directed by Alankritra Shivastava. Yeah. Um, so he is the videographer. Yeah. And... He actually, um, in making videos for each couple, he's kind of really um, not condescending, sometimes condescending. Yeah. But he really, like, he has to get to know them the most. Yeah. And he, we are privy to some of his thoughts about them. He's kind of a narrator for the show. Yeah. And the episodes kind of end with him giving a bit of, like, a summary of what's happened and how it reflects on kind of people's hopes and desires and their kind of feeling and and, yeah. and, and kind of Indian society. He's I, kind of a pretentious guy. He's he's yeah. apparently working on a documentary as well. Yeah. Um, and just using the uh, uh, cameras and editing equipment in his spare time. So I kind of took that with a grain of salt. Like, I don't think we're necessarily supposed to agree with what he's saying. Mm-hmm. I think he's being a little bit simplistic a lot of the time. And I mean, he, he has some good observations for sure. But other times I was just... I, I did kind of roll my eyes at him a lot. Yeah. We've also got uh, Jaspreet Jazz Core, yeah. uh, played by Shivani Raghavanshi, who was also in Titley, if I remember right. Yes, she is um, the girl in Titley. Yeah. Uh, who and, has to get her hands smashed. Yeah. And she's a probably from the lowest social sphere, apart from where Tana came from, mm-hmm. Tara came from. Yeah. Like, she, her family's not well off at all. And her brother is, you know, he's in rough shape. She definitely needs to get money to keep the family going. And um, she is kind of... She feels like the third lead of the show. Yeah, I'd say so. She's at first kind of like enraptured with all of the glitz and glamour Mm -hmm. of all these weddings, but eventually comes to realize that, yeah, not everyone getting married, you know, this is not a fairytale marriage a lot of the time. A lot of people Mm -hmm. are just jerks. A lot of them are getting married for the wrong reasons. And they do a good... The show does a good job of contrasting kind of her where she is in her social status and kind of trying to uh, trying to work to support her family but also she she desires more she wants nice clothes she yeah. wants you know someone like someone to love her and and they do a good job of contrasting that of kind of where she is as, as a younger woman as a as a kind of underprivileged, you know, coming from a lower social class. There's She's a scene, certainly not yeah. living on the street, but... There's a scene where she actually gets access to the company credit card. Yeah. And I, I knew it was going to be bad, but, like, yeah, if if you're a poor person, you don't understand how credit works. You don't understand how returning things works. Like, it seems like magic to you. Yeah, and so they do a good job of contrasting where she is in her life with what Tara is going through. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we... We have to discuss Tara because she is a fascinating character. Um, and, you know, this performance from Sobita Dulipala is incredible. Yeah. She was Vicky Koshal's kind of girlfriend or like... In real life? Uh, no, she was the kind of like girlfriend or like, I don't know, the the girl that Vicky Koshal was sleeping with in Rama Rock of 2.0. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She... Yeah. She's, she's not. Model. She's not impressed by him whipping out the handgun in bed, as I recall. No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, she was good in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Not she's, a very big role, but yeah. She's incredible here. Tara is such a layered character. This is what happens after the fairy tale wedding. Like she, she mm-hmm. has this Cinderella story 
of kind of marrying the you know Prince the Charming, richest yeah. guy in the land yeah but that doesn't bring her happiness you know she doesn't have to work but she wants to build this um this wedding she wants company. to do something she wants to do something she also really wants a baby and she wants this perfect fairy tale marriage with her husband but unfortunately he can't she do discovers that by kind of chasing these dreams and chasing this wealth she's left herself behind yeah. she's having an identity crisis throughout this show mm-hmm. and the the show is I've, I've seen some people online say that like the show is really critical of her that she's a really unlikable character I don't think that's true at all about unlikable no I think I think we are meant to to empathize with her and I think we're meant to find um, kind of the the trajectory that she goes through rather tragic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think this show could have been on regular TV. No. It's very sexy. There's a lot of sex scenes in this show. Very sexy. Yeah. And Especially, you- guys, if you, like myself, have a, a have an undeniable attraction to Jim Sarr. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. It's Sarr You City. get a lot of great... <laughs> Brooding, sexy Jim Sarp. It's yeah, maybe maybe not quite brooding, but like I don't know. He's uh he's ramped up. He's I was he's charged. I mean, I was impressed by how hmm, I guess Sacred Games probably uh, is equally explicit in its own way. Mm-hmm. But like, you couldn't get away with this in a film in India in a Hindi film, like in mass market um, film. The amount of sex that's being ha- had, the amount of gay sex that's happening, yeah. like th- this is something that a place like Amazon can give you or Netflix. Like this could only happen on a streaming service. Yeah, I think unfortunately the Central Board of Film Certification um, would take issue if this was a feature film. Uh, that's just the impression I get from everything I've read about the Central Board of Film Certification and some of the uh, classification scandals and. Um, Controversies that we have followed, I would be surprised if a film with this much uh, gay sex could be released uncensored. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, all all the power to to Akhtar and Kagti and the rest of their team for uh, for telling these stories, for finding a platform that's interested in these stories and telling them. Like this, this show is very much about women. Women's issues and LGBTQ issues. Yeah, and India. you know, unlike Mirzapur, which we both found pretty excessive and gratuitous, and gratuitous, I didn't find the sex scenes gratuitous in this at all. No, there wasn't really isn't much violence to speak of in the show, apart from a couple, you know, um, fairly dramatic plot points. But like, no one's getting shot in this. I think we learn so much about Quran as a character um, through the relationships that we see him have with with the men that he that he dates and that he sleeps mm-hmm. with um so much like there's so much character work being done in those moments of intimacy they're they're integral to the show or sitting around brooding afterwards and you know not wanting to talk yeah Karan is more of the brooder than than jim sarp yeah <laughs> but god jim sarp he just he has this air of kind of money and privilege in this show that just like god he's, he's devil may care he isn't you know what are you going to do to him? He's rich. Like, yeah, you should find him as a rich asshole. But I, I actually think, again, like he's a he's a pretty well-conceived character. And Sarp breeds 
a lot of life into him. I don't know about his future on the show past this first season, which might be a bit disappointing. Uh, I mean, I don't know what they're going to go with, like what direction they'll go with in a, in a second season. But I will say the end of this season kind of is very exciting. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. curious to see where it's going to go. Yeah, I mean, I hope they still keep the format of yeah. each individual wedding because that is a really... It's a interesting way of structuring the show because it's something you couldn't do in a movie. Yeah. I mean, you could do maybe one or two weddings in a movie, but more than that, you would be introducing too many characters. But in this, you know, it's a transactional thing. Well, here's who we're working with this time. And you can, you know, focus on them as much or as little as you want. I mean, some of the later ones, really, there's maybe two or three minutes focused on the actual <laughs> wedding. And it's more the lives of everyone who works there. Yeah, the show has a has a balance between kind of the the business of the wedding planning and the couples that they're, um, that they're working for. And the, the, their clients, the couple clients family clients often it's often the whole family really that they're mm-hmm. having to deal with and the and they have a detective too by the way yeah who looks into stuff for them the lives of the wedding planners which is kind of the the soapiest element of the show and uh these these social these social issues that that, that the show is analyzing and discussing and critiquing. I think it gets political in a very um, mm-hmm. interesting and effective way. Again, probably wouldn't fly with the censors. Otherwise, like <laughs> that would be the entire movie is like based on one of the issues yeah. of this. Whereas it's bringing up four or five different things that you know aren't going to be resolved on the show, but hopefully will be resolved in real life. Yeah, Akhtar and Kakti are are really utilizing the um, the the media. Mm-hmm. They're really utilizing the medium. They're they're telling a a longer sequential story. story. Yeah, they're telling a sequential story over kind of like you know these nine episodes. But each episode is in itself kind of a mini story. You yeah. know, like so it doesn't it doesn't kind of have that effect of just feeling like it's being kind of chopped into chapters haphazardlessly. Yeah. which I find a lot of streaming shows do they suffer yeah. from that i still think sacred games is probably the best one we've watched but it is more like a 10 hour long movie yeah it, here, it doesn't quite have the episodic structure exactly this is episodic but it still feels like you know like they're that they're telling a long arc it, it reminds me of something um like like buffy right like you mm-hmm. have your monsters of the week you have your weddings but the season itself is is telling an overarching story about about these wedding planners and how how they are navigating um, this this life in Delhi? How how they are you know striving for financial and romantic success? Yeah, and and how these things elude them, and and and, and kind of the the fight for status and acceptance. Yeah, there's another company they're up against too, trying mm-hmm. to get weddings from them. So there is that kind of in the background as well. And that company is is far more willing to play dirty. They're very corporate, and yeah, I I will say that you know Mirzapur had a lot of showy visual stuff. You'd mm-hmm. have like the one take scenes. You'd have the drone photography. Yeah. This is more character based. This is definitely more character based. Um, I would say that they could have probably done more with um, trying to make the weddings less glamorous possibly because mm. or maybe that's the point is that they're all pretty glamorous weddings apart from the chai waller who's is very he's very like low-key the older couple's wedding is not very but like glamorous. 
I wouldn't say that the the emotional stakes of each wedding are really reflected at all in cinematography or anything. Mm. Like it's it's fairly straightforward, um, like TV show cinematography. Right. Like News Report really went for it. I, I mean, yes and no because I think like there's it doesn't have the gloss of like a Bollywood film, which I I don't think actors films really do. But you know, like you're actually in the streets in Delhi like it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like everything has been set designed within an inch of its life there's, I mean, there's a texture here Dilda Dakinido is an extremely Bollywood and, I guess and yeah, I, I guess I'm commenting film. I'm commenting more on production design than I am on cinematography it's closer here. to a gully boy but it's not quite you know that level that street level I mean yeah. Jazz's house maybe yeah what I'm just saying is like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm clearly commenting more on production design than on cinematography. But there it is seems a, very there's realistic. A there's yeah. realistic production design, but I'll, I'll just say that, yeah, the cinematography, camera work, I mean, they were fine. Mm-hmm. They told the story effectively. It was more based on the acting. Yeah, which I... Which is fine. Yeah, and, and, and I appreciate, and I think that's something that, um, I think kind of character development and performance is... Um, that's something that kind of this streaming or this or the television medium really lends itself to. But this might make it like I've seen people say that Shashank Aurora's character is so surface level pretentious. Why is he on the show? And I think there could be a bit more done textually to make us understand that you know maybe we're not supposed to see him as the voice of reason. Right. He, he could fair. just be a pretentious film student who is just doing this on the side. Yeah. Um, if, I, if we ever see one of his movies that he's making, maybe that's how we do it. Yeah. I, I do think the show looks great, though. I don't like. I mean, I, I'm not saying it looks bad. Yeah. I mean, I get your point that there's no kind of virtuoso kind of camera movements like we see in some of Actar's other work. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels. But it feels very. It feels lived in. It has texture. And again, I think. I think they, they use. They use what they have to, to develop these these characters and these relationships and 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 they yeah there's a lot of the i mean these scripts are so well developed there's there's such a balancing act here um, yeah and the, i don't know i think it's really well done i think it's exceptional oh, I, th- I think it's well done yeah uh, it's you know we do have to critique things as a visual medium though yes. i thought it was you know <laughs> that was fine it it didn't it worked in service of the story i will say its use of light is really um notable yeah, it, it is that set design. Set design and light. The set design of the Kana's house, for instance, is amazing. And Love to work, using, live there, but it's also very cold. They're using a lot of natural light sources, and not just kind of at the weddings where there's lots of kind of twinkle lights and stuff, but mm-hmm. when you um, at night when you're in uh, Karan's apartment, kind of using the, the yeah. light coming in from the street. I guess I've just been spoiled by Gully Boy, which <laughs> had such a fantastic direction. And, well, you and know, Dilda Dakinado has that incredible one-shot dance sequence. Yeah, Galleon Gullion. Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe this is budgetary stuff. Who knows? It's great, though. Watch yeah. it. All right, Matt. Watch the is- show. I'm probably not the typical audience for material like this, but I thought it was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I will gladly watch shows about wedding planners. <laughs> um, I think the fact that they're not real and, like... I, I don't think I would watch a show about American wedding planner planning, like, rich people weddings. I think that would be obnoxious. Well, I think, a, like, an event planning um, group, an event planning firm. Does that show Party uh, Down, which yeah, you watch a little bit of? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is, the is comedy really, version of this? Yeah, event planning is kind of a really interesting environment to be in. Yeah. 
As Bollywood is for Lovers is a queer-friendly podcast. Uh, we like to uh, partner with organizations that are themselves queer-friendly. Luckily, ATB lights it up rainbow style for Pride across Alberta every year from their building in downtown Edmonton to their Pride Brick Road at their Stephen Avenue branch in Calgary. ATB is also a longtime partner of Camp Firefly and Firefly in Schools. If you've seen ATB's Pride MasterCard ads, chances are they've made you cry with their Accepted Everywhere message. For more information on how ATB supports Pride in Alberta, check out ATB.com. Made in Heaven is set in Delhi. And like all great urban television shows, Delhi itself is almost a character in the show. While we don't live in a city as large as Delhi, we do live in a diverse one, with its own story to tell. In Shane Fennessy's City of Champions, that story is told. Each episode, Fennessy interviews interesting people doing exceptional things in Edmonton. He covers people in the arts, business, sports, and more. You can find City of Champions, that's Edmonton's moniker, by the way, along with all the other podcasts on the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, what are we doing next time, Matt? Uh, so next time we have a pretty fun episode set up with uh, Sal Salam. She's mm-hmm. going to come on to talk about some Rekka pictures mm-hmm. from the 90s. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about campy Rekka. Yeah. Uh, we're really excited to have Sal on. Uh, we've been meaning to have her on for a while and Shaw beat us to it. But, uh, yeah, we're looking at Madam X, a mm-hmm. film that I thought was astounding <laughs> and has changed me as a person. Sure. And then uh, Kaladi on Ki Kaladi, which uh, it, we <laughs> have watched one song scene from, and it features sort of food sex, like nine and a half weeks, but also mud wrestling. Or um, and apparently Tampopo. The, and Tampopo, yeah. And apparently The Undertaker shows up or something. It really seems wacky. You're so excited. I, I'm looking forward to this. I have no idea what the story of that one is going to be, but uh, Rekha and Akshay Kumar, that's fun, and <laughs> it already seems pretty batshit, so I'm interested. So that will be out in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, look us up on Facebook. It's there. Facebook.com slash Bollywood is for lovers. We're at Bollywood Pod on Twitter. I'm at underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E-F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of the show, please consider uh, leaving a star rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll read them out on air. It really helps people find the show. You can also find us on uh, Audio Boom and Google Podcasts. Whatever they're calling it now. Stitcher. Stitcher. uh, Spotify. Yeah. Uh, If you would like to listen to more podcasts, you can check out my other show that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art and the Movies. We just did an episode on heavy metal movies directed by Penelope Spheris. Uh, This is not the film Heavy Metal. No. We talk about Wayne's World and uh, The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. Yeah. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So go listen to that if you're interested. Also, if you're on Letterboxd, go check out the master list that I put up there mm-hmm. of all the movies we watched. I think we're closing in on 235 for the podcast. So, you know, the average movie is probably, what, two and a half hours long? Just just imagine how <laughs> long we've spent on our couch watching uh, Hindi films. 
It's a long yes. time. And uh, thanks everyone who's given us suggestions for this series. We have a lot of shows that we're now really interested to check out. Uh, keep them coming. We're, we're really interested to, to know what what people are watching. And we think that you know the streaming sphere, even just in Sacred Games, Mirzapur, Ghoul, and this, has produced some really interesting stuff that would not work as a film. I mean, Ghoul mm-hmm. could have been a movie. But everything else, I don't think it could have been a movie. Yeah, and I think next we uh, we need to dive into some of the sports content. Yeah, that would be good. Um, I could finally put my quick cricket knowledge to the test. Wonderful. Yeah. All right, thanks for listening. Bye.